I'm Leanne Kim, and this is The Business of Thinking Big, the podcast where we talk all things business mindset, strategy, and hustle. So if you're looking to grow your revenue, serve more dream clients, and create amazing new possibilities, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Stay tuned. Well, hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Business of Thinking Big. As always, I'm your host and business coach, Leanne Kim, and I am super excited for you to meet my guest today. She is an incredible business owner. She's been one of my A players. She's now one of my mama mentors, and she's an event producer and business strategist. Welcome, Supriya Mehera. Thank you so much, Leanne. I'm so excited to be here. So honored. I'm so excited to have you, and I'm so excited to talk about this topic today about shifting to an online business because it's like the hottest trend ever all of a sudden in the last six months. (laughs) So before we dive into that, why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure, absolutely. So like Leanne said, my name is Supriya Mera, and uh, I'm the creative director, event producer of an event design firm called Design Mantra. And like most of my peers might have pivoted during that time, I have pivoted in terms of adding a business strategy branch to my business where I basically serve female entrepreneurs, help them come up with their vision along with that, help them achieve it. So that's my expertise. Yeah, because you've been at this for a while. How long have you had your original business, the the event business? So event business, we started it back in 2009. So it's been over a decade. Initially, like it was uh, a side hustle, not even a hustle, a hobby, I would say. It wasn't the thing that I wanted to pursue, but over the years, I fell in love and I saw that there was so much demand. And after being a mom, like your priorities change, right? So I took a deep dive into the business back in 2016 is when I quit my full-time corporate lucrative finance career and uh, plunged into Design Mantra. So over the last three to four years, we had seen like tremendous growth. We quadrupled our sales from where we had started back in 2016, I would say. And yeah, it was an amazing journey. Journey. This year, as things have definitely shifted for a lot of us, that's when I realized that I still want to serve, but maybe in a different capacity. So here you are, you've got this lucrative business, this events business, it's growing, you're attracting dream customers, you're securing these dream projects, and you're even growing a team, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's a great beginning to the story. And then this year, through a little bit of a wrench in those growth plans, I'm sure. Talk to me a little bit about what it was like for you when COVID hit. It was definitely uh, the thought of fear came in, what's going to happen for the events. And quite honestly, it didn't resonate to me that it lasted this long. Mm. And who knows how what the future is going to be, right? But to be quite honest, I saw this opportunity as a silver lining because my interest was more about, okay, how can I, you know, take it to the next level? And it wasn't until I actually got time to think about it that, okay, this is what I have been doing, but this is where I want to go eventually. Help other creative people who are more passionate than I am, to be quite honest. Like my passion comes in the business side of things. Like I'm creative and all that. It's all good. I love solving problems. I love helping my clients if they have a vision to 
help them get there and make it fun along the way, give them that experience that they're looking for. But I always have been the visionary. I hate execution part of things, to be quite honest. I need somebody who can run the show for me, but I have the brains to to do it. Like I can all visualize that this is where I want to take this, but I need somebody to actually do it for me. So this year was that shift. Until last year, I was the one doing all the sales. I was the one doing all the nitty gritty, like maintaining that warehouse that it comes with, organizing everything, getting the team to understand this is what we are doing, going on site for all the execution part of the stuff as well, which I was grateful that I didn't have to do it this year because I was able to train my design lead in order to take on that responsibility because I realized that my strength actually is more around, again, like serving people, let it be my clients, my vendors, or my team, like I'm a great leader. But on the day off, I am not that kind of person who would go and micromanage. I'm not kind of person who is OCD. And in design in events production, you need to be an OCD. So all my team (laughs) players are OCD. So they really help fill that gap. Getting back to your question, it was definitely a silver lining for me because I did see more potential opportunities out there as to how I can still provide what I have in me, but in a different perspective. So it sounds to me like these two things really started to happen around the same time. This desire to serve others with all this amazing business knowledge that you've built up over a decade. And at the same time, being able to take your business online to do something where you could generate an income because of course, in-person events weren't happening. Did that just all align in terms of timing? Kind of, but not really. (laughs) So where we did see a steep declining curve, obviously, in terms of the revenues, because quite Mm -hmm. honestly, two thirds of our revenue has gone this year, right? But we still were able to thankfully survive only because our cash flow was coming in, like it was still strong. Having that finance background, I was still able to manage those expenses. Like we had to make some hard choices in terms of, okay, what needs to go away temporarily, at least for now that we need, but it's not a great thing to have at this point. So we were very conscious in terms of spending. But where I had to spend, where I knew that that investment will be worthwhile, say, for example, your coaching program, because I knew that I didn't want to go by this doing by myself, like whereas if I hire an expert, the process will be much more smoother and faster. I could figure it out. I mean, I'm great at figuring things out myself, but I didn't want to necessarily do this, take it again, two to three years for it to grow to the level that I want to grow. And that's where I needed help. And I got it. But it was it aligned? Definitely not. For a couple of months, we did not have much revenue come in since it was mm-hmm. in a complete lockdown, right? Like our prime mm-hmm. months are quite honestly, from May to October. Mm -hmm. May and June was a complete lockdown. There was nothing happening. And then slowly in August, things started shifting. In August, we did have few events. In September, again, we had few. In October, we have had few. But now again, since it's going down, like it's coming down to a slower season, we're still getting some inquiries here and there. Mm -hmm. But 
to compensate, we started off the membership side of things in September, right? Like that was our first launch per se. And we plan on continuing to do relaunches in every quarter or introduce more offers in the industry where, again, I'm in close contact with people who need our services or at least in my group. So I'm able Mm -hmm. to gauge and see what is it that people need and come up with an offer based on their requirements. So it wasn't one down, one up. Absolutely not. I see this again. It's going to take us time, but one step at a time. I'm not stressing myself uh, about it. I'm just going to go in with the flow with the intention that this will grow at one point. I think it is already growing because it was only the summer that you launched your podcast, which is under this new brand, helping creative business owners get the skills they need to succeed. And then shortly after that, you did do that membership launch. So you're very much pivoting from, and it's the word of the year, pivot, (laughs) from, if I may, an old school in-person events business to this more modern online business with a stronger online presence. You're attracting all these business owners to you who want to learn what you've learned in the last decade. And you saw an opportunity there. You saw an additional revenue stream, a new revenue stream that lit you up. So talk to me about that point where you were starting the podcast, thinking about the membership. What was that like? Yeah. So podcast, quite honestly, has been on my mind for a while. It was just that I don't have, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't, that excuse kept on coming up. Mm -hmm. And then this year it was like, okay, if I don't do it now, then it's never going to happen. I don't have any excuses at this point. That's when back in April, I think I was like, okay, I I am launching this. I had a date in mind. I clearly remember June 2nd was a date when I decided that this is when I will be launching. So what does my plan look like? So we started um, coming up with the name, but also who I want to interview, who do I want to have on my podcast and how are we going to market and bring it on to the social media channels and so on, right? So there was a path, uh, there was a little bit work behind that. And then I knew, okay, I need to definitely monetize it in some shape or form. So the first thing that came to my mind is that when I look back 10 years ago, I felt that at that time, there wasn't any community or there wasn't uh, coaches or mentors per se who were willing to share that knowledge. And I wanted to fill that void. And that's why in my funnel, the first thing that I wanted to introduce was that community, was that membership where we had that opportunity to bring on different curators in the club. And every Monday, I would go in and uh, share what I've learned for 60 minutes, right? And it is still at a very low, very affordable price point. And it was for me to also test myself. Am I even enjoying this? First of all, right? Like there's no point for me to scale something if I'm not going to enjoy this. But I am so glad to say that it's been two months now and I love every minute of it. And uh, the kind of response that I've been getting from our club members is just amazing. Every week we are able to share something or the other that even that small thing, if they're able to implement in their business and they have that support system that they're not afraid of asking any questions, they're not afraid of getting to know if this is the right path for them or not. And having to know that we all are kind of contributing in a positive way and it's nothing. It's just that we're sharing our experiences and stuff like that. So it gives 
me, like, I feel very proud of being able to start this initiative where I'm able to provide that value to these women who have big dreams, who want to create something amazing. And uh, they re- they really trusted me that I could be their coach or their mentor to help them achieve that goal. Yeah. And you're doing a phenomenal job. The podcast is growing and I got to be a guest on it. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. That was super fun. Yes. (laughs) And this membership. So... Every launch, every online launch is a little bit bumpy. Things don't always go to plan. Oftentimes things like delays happen. And I know that that was sort of the case with you is that there were a few moments that came up along the way. And I think this is what we need to be talking about more. That it's not perfect. It's not one seamless direct line. So do you want to talk to me a little bit about that first launch and what some of those things that came up for you were? Yeah, absolutely. So in my mind, when I was going to start this membership, it's going to be like a great webinar filled with people and stuff like that. And in my mind, it was, uh, yeah, people would be coming up to me and signing up for this amazing thing that I had to offer. But in order to get there, in order for a webinar to happen, in my mind, okay, I need a sales page. I need this. I need that. And I remember clearly like September uh, 3rd was the date when I was going to launch this membership. So I had to backtrack everything. And I think when I realized, when I jotted down, okay, these are like 20 steps I need to do in order to get there. That was when I literally paralyzed myself. I was getting in that self-sabotaging. I don't have enough time because quite honestly, it was August timeframe and the restrictions around having weddings and events was opening up. So we were starting to get busy again. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to give away that side of the business to my design lead. She needs to up her game. I need to let it go basically during that time. And I questioned myself. I'm like, even during that call, I clearly remember you all were so supportive about, okay, Supriya, if you want to push it a month, that's fine. But keep in mind, time will always be an an issue. And that question, I think, stuck with me. I'm like, why am I, why is this, why I'm not able to have it? Is it because of the webinar? Is it because of all these things that need to happen in order to get there? If I don't do this, then what is the easiest way for me to get it started? Because my thing was, even if it's two people, I'm going to get it started because otherwise it's never going to happen, right? Yes. No matter what my goals are, my goals were 30 people to be realistic. I'd be happy with 30 people. But at that point, my intention was even if I'm able to help one person get to where they want to be, going ahead with it. And it's not going to be October, it will be September. So I picked up my phone and I made a list. I still have that list in front of me of people who I knew would benefit from this initiative. I remember maybe about 10 or 11 calls. And out of that, we had seven people signed up. So I know, which was like, amazing. Okay, let's get the party started. I don't think it's never going to be pretty, like you said, right? Like after that, we did have another webinar, but I shared as much information as I could. Mm. And again, people showed interest and we've been in, still in discussions for them to come over and stuff like that. So point is that, yes, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be pretty. You just do it and you clean up as you go along. Yeah. So great. It's perfectly imperfect. And one thing you touched on, which is something that I teach inside my program Launch Rookies is you're not sharing this online offer for everyone to come. 
because they're not going to come. And you did something very smart. You started with your list of your top people who are the most likely to buy and you just went one by one. I think when people see the big online marketing gurus and they're doing these launches and it's all in these complex funnels and there's Facebook ads and all these moving parts, they get super overwhelmed. But you said, no, I'm just going to talk to my people. I'm just going to reach out individually and find the right people. And this is 100% what I recommend and, and what I teach inside Launch Rookies is go with your most likely, the people that are most likely to buy. Go with your warmest, warmest audience. And you did exactly that. And how many people did you get in your first soft launch? You had seven people. Seven people out of 12 that you had. Yeah, 11 or 12 that we called. So, so you only had to do a handful of calls and you secured over 50% of the people that you spoke to. And my guess is the other 50% are coming in on the next launch, probably. Yeah, they're super interested. It's just that the timing doesn't work for them because uh, they have full-time jobs and the coaching time that we had was for the morning. So yeah. there was, I wouldn't say that there was misalignment, but that was the only reason why they didn't join. Mm-hmm. Yes, will there be something that we might come up with for them over the next few months? Absolutely. At least sure. I know what roadblock that they are facing. Like maybe mm-hmm. they can just join in as a recording or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the point is that, you know, you just got to do it. <laughs> just got to do it. Just do it. <laughs> this is what I preach and teach. It's not about getting millions in. It's not about having the perfect course the first time. It's about getting an online offer under your belt, getting your first handful of people the results they're looking for. And might I point out, it's not exactly as if you were selling this to your primary audience. Your primary audience are people who are looking to put on events through your services. You were selling to entrepreneurs a a whole secondary pool of dream clients here. So you had to think about messaging. You had to think about reaching them. And you've taken those first few steps. Another thing that I think is worth pausing here is the time piece. You had a moment, and I've seen it many times, and I've had those moments too, where you think, oh, it'd be so much easier if I just back this thing up by a month. And and we said, yeah, if, if you want to do that, do that. But is it actually going to be more convenient in a month? And, and you knew it, it really was about making a choice. And yeah. I think that's such an important part for people to realize is when you're launching something you've never done before, be it an online course, a membership, most likely... The other stuff you do in your business is going to need to take a bit of a backseat because mm-hmm. this requires, it requires energy and focus. And you had an interesting scenario where your old business that had been receding came back all of a sudden and you were like, Whoo! I, I love the fact that you said, wait a second, this doesn't need to be done by me. I have someone on my team who can handle that. I got to stay in my lane here and get this thing up and off the ground. And you did that, but yeah. the time is a big issue. And it's something that we all need time and focus, I think, is so key when we're launching an online offer. Yeah, like you have limited resources at any given time, right? And time and energy being the biggest resources, in my opinion. Money, yes, it will go, but you can make it once you know how to make it. Mm -hmm. But once time and energy is gone, that's it. That resource is never going to come back in your life. So what I have learned is... My job is to let it go as much as I can. Like stuff that doesn't need me, I don't need to be involved in it. I just need to hire the best people out there who love what they have been hired to do and 
Yes, if something needs to be coached along the way, I would. But mm-hmm. if they have their own style, they need their own freedom, then be it. Like mm-hmm. we just have clear expectations that this is what is expected in terms of the results and stuff like that. But you have full authority in terms of making decisions. If you're confused, if you need answers about something, sure, come, I'm here to help you out. But I'm at a point where I just love delegating. <laughs> That's the reason. I mean, where I used to work for like 12 hours a day. Now I'm down to four hours a day. And I don't want to work beyond that. Rest three hours of my day is quite honestly how you say my CEO time. I'm just reading or investing in myself mm-hmm. or taking time off in terms of not thinking about anything and just being like a human being. Oh yeah, I love that. I love that I'm seeing more and more people implement that CEO time. Makes me yeah. real happy. And I, I love this piece about letting go. Yes, I think letting go of being the doer of all the things. But I also think, again, when you're pivoting online, getting that first online offer up and off the ground, something you said was you had to let go of a bunch of the steps that you didn't need to do. Yeah. Can we talk more about that? Because I think that's important for people to hear. You saw this mountain of tasks and then you said, wait a second, do I really need to do all of this for this launch at this time? Exactly. So the way I had learned or the way I had researched about going into a launch, obviously, there are a million ways of how you can go about it, right? At that time, my easiest approach was, okay, webinar would be the easiest way to launch this product. But the whole thing that struck me was, okay, how do I get to a webinar, creating all that content? And then what happens after the webinar? Do they book a call with me? Or do I create a sales page? I was really high in my head, expecting a lot for myself within the short time that I had putting that expectations that I need to have a sales page. Like how can I show up on a webinar without having a sales page? And (laughs) you know, that perfectionism was showing up. And when I looked at that list, like I said, it was overwhelming me. So Mm -hmm. I had to step away from it for a couple of days and really Mm -hmm. peel myself. What is it that's stopping me? Is it these steps? Do I really need to have these these steps in order to launch? What is the easiest low-hanging fruit, I guess? I had to list out some of those options that what's Mm. the easiest way for me, right? Like Mm -hmm. for some people, if you have 800 people, 1,000 people list, you could probably send that quick email. Hey, I'm launching this. And if you're interested reply back, we can set up a call for 15 minutes or whatever Mm. it is. So I looked at what resources I have in hand at this point. And quite honestly, my resources were people who I knew have been coming to me for regular questions. Hey, I'm, I'm having this issue. What should I do? And blah, blah, blah. It was my peers who I knew needed a little bit of push who I have been pushing and have been supporting them. And I knew they would be on board because I have been helping them over the last couple of years now. So it was really observing and asking myself those questions, I guess, that if this has to happen, if I am committed to launch this on September 2nd, what's the easiest way for me to do it? Just leaving that noise away and going into your mind and just asking yourself those good questions, those solid questions. But if I have to, my goal is to get this started, what's the easiest way to get it started? Mm -hmm. And it might not be the perfect way, but there's never a perfect way. Perfect way, in my opinion, is what you feel comfortable doing with the resources 
that you have at that point. Resources being time, energy, and money. Oh, this is such great advice. I hope that anyone who is thinking about moving their business online in any way is listening to this. You're so right. It's about, what did you say? It's like, what is the easiest way for me to get this first one up and off the ground? Let's go for that low hanging fruit. Fancy webinar, don't need it. Sales page, don't need it. I literally, I'm imagining <laughs> with a list of things to do and you're just like striking them off the list. Yeah, I was like, okay, easiest way, pick a phone here. I have their phone numbers, message them quickly, have 10 minutes to chat. Let's, you know, do a quick and, chat and that's about it. And that's another thing I loved what you said. They were already coming to you for this stuff and you just simply hadn't packaged it yet. So you just had to think through what's the best way for me to bundle this? Is it a course? Is it a membership? What does it look like? What's the price? And then you just served it up to the people who were already coming to you. Your offer, your online offer really did answer the call of what people, you know, where there was demand. I think that's where a lot of people miss the mark is they want to create this passive income. And so they invent something that they are excited about, but they don't validate it. And that's something else that I teach in my process. They're not answering a deep demand. But right now, if I'm just going to say, if you have a business skill of any kind and you can help entrepreneurs start or grow a business, you have a massive opportunity to earn more money. You have a massive opportunity to do what Sapria did and say, I'm going to take those business skills. I'm going to package it. I'm going to get my first online offer up and off the ground, even if it's with seven people. And that actually, Nicole was also talking about exactly that. She said, I thought I had to have these big numbers, but actually my first handful, my small number was actually perfect because it allowed me to get my feet wet and really serve them and really learn this whole online business process with just a few people. So can you speak to that about your number and why that was the perfect number to start with? Absolutely. I think everything happens for a reason. If I had been given, like I said, my goal, that was 30 people. I'm not sure how I have dealt, but right now with seven people in the group, it's just perfect for me because I'm able to add value as much as I can to them. And I'm able to understand their questions and have that dialogue one-on-one with them in most cases and then support them at that deep level. Whereas I think my messaging could have mixed up a little bit if it was a bigger group. Eventually, when I had initially obviously started, as I grow, I'll, I'll definitely own those skills much better. But I could customize what I'm able to present to them on weekly basis. So I would ask them on every call, what are you looking for? So that I'm ready to deliver them the next week. It doesn't need to be, okay, you know what? I was actually reading this book about law of attraction. So let me tell you about law. No, it doesn't work that way. What do you guys need so that Mm -hmm. I can prepare myself or the content that I want to share? about that. If there will be some times that I feel really called and very inspired about something that they probably don't know that they need, but they need it kind of mm-hmm. thing, then I'll talk about that. So say, for example, one of the group members, I'll give an example of that. It was such an intimate discussion that we were having. She's another event designer. And, and the question was, I'm thinking about learning an AutoCAD skill because a lot of other peers in my industry are, you know, providing these 3D sketches and stuff like that. So I questioned her, is it you who really needs to learn that skill? Or you could hire somebody for $4 from Philippines who can do this for you if you really think this 
is going to bring you more revenues. Mm. Think about that. Like at this point, you don't even have a good website for it to be attracting more people. Is it having a website more useful way of using your, your resources at this point? Or is it learning an AutoCAD software, which you don't even know if your audience actually values it? Mm-hmm. So spinning a different perspective sometimes really helps. And having that smaller group actually helps me facilitate that at a much deeper level. So I yeah. know what people are actually thinking. So in the future, I know what steps they should be following in order to run a profitable business. Like your first mm-hmm. steps really should be building that big audience or getting clear on your ideal customer and getting clarity on your vision, like where you're trying to go versus the other way around. Oh, I'm going to offer them this, this as well. Your offer will only be as good as who you're you're offering it to first of all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are the kind of the deep discussions that it helps me like how people are thinking, but how do people really need to think about when it comes to approaching their businesses? Yeah, I'm I loving this. And I'm hearing you say there's beauty in starting small. And it's not to say it's going to stay small forever. I know it's not. I know yes. what a powerhouse you are. Yes. <laughs> and I know it's going to grow. But I mean, if you're waiting for the, the 100 person launch, you could be waiting in audience building forever. And I hear that a lot in my programs. People will say, my audience isn't big enough. In six months, it will be bigger. But in six months, as we just saw, the whole world could be completely different in six months. So I love that you were able to move from idea to implementation quickly and that you were able to move through some of those mental setbacks, some of those actual setbacks that were happening. I think people can take a lot from your experience of just getting it out there, choosing the right online offer, getting it out there. So Mm -hmm. my next question for you is right now, there's women out there, female entrepreneurs primarily are who listen to this podcast. And there's a ton of them thinking, yeah, but she can do that because she's Supriya. I'd love to launch my first online offer, but, and then excuse, excuse, excuse. So what would you say to that person who's in that spot right now, who's thinking about doing what you've done, creating their first online offer? I just feel there's never going to be a perfect time, right? Like no matter what you learn. And all I want to say is you are more than enough to launch At any given point, it could be right now, you already have in you that value that you want to provide to the world. And the more you delay, I think you're doing a disservice to the people who really need your services, who really need your message, who really need to be taught by you in your style. The more you linger on, it's not a disservice that you're doing. You are definitely doing a disservice to yourself, but you're doing a disservice more to the potential people who you could be serving, who you could be helping, who you could be helping solving their problems. It could be, I don't know, from health issues to financial to running and showing them how to learn, go a business or anything, whatever your therma, whatever your calling is, mm-hmm. you have that in you. And that's the reason that idea had actually even come to you because, you know, in your subconscious, you're complete. There's no lack in you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we definitely have those, like our brains have that reptilian brain, like we all do. We all want to be on our comfort zone. If something new comes up, our brain wants to protect ourselves because it hasn't seen anything new. It wants to keep us in our comfort level. 
But if you stay there, you're absolutely doing a disservice to the people who need your services at this point. Such great advice. Even when we have smaller audiences, there's still audiences. They're still yeah. paying attention. How many times have you had someone say to you, oh my God, Supriya, I love your podcast. And you go, really? You listen to my podcast? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am so grateful by the com- the amount of messages and engagement we're getting on our social media that I loved this episode and this guest and all those comments, mm-hmm. you know, those DMs when they come in. It makes us keep going, quite mm-hmm. honestly. On the days when mm-hmm. we don't feel like doing anything. It's like, I need to get up and I need to get this done for people who are waiting on a Tuesday morning for this episode to roll out. Mm. So that's what it helps, like getting that positive affirmations, not just from people, but I already know that even if nobody applauds, I know they're listening. I know it's helping them in some shape or form. And my concept is, okay, we are giving this, but how can we do it better every time? How can I make it more valuable that they can use this piece of information and implement in either the life or in their business in whatever shape and form, wherever they are. And that's, that's enough for me. That's good enough for me. Is more than enough. Are you kidding totally. me? Well, Sapria, it's been such a pleasure to coach you and to guide you through this journey. And I'm just so impressed at how, how dedicated you are to your vision and serving your people. And I think this was the perfect first online offer for you. And it was the perfect launch, despite yep. not going exactly as planned or doing all of the things. I think it was the perfectly imperfect launch for you. And I cannot wait to see where you go from here. Thank you so much, Leanne. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And Supriya, one last thing before we sign off, where can people find out more about you? Sure. So the best way to get in touch with me will be through Instagram. Catch me up at curators.club. That's C-U-R-A-T-O-R-S dot club. Perfect. We will absolutely link to that in the show notes. Go check her out. Check out her podcast. It's amazing. Supriya, keep shining that bright light of yours. All the best. Thank you, Leanne. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the business of thinking big. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, which will help more people like you find the show. And of course, you can learn more at leannekim.com. 